Welcome to the Quantum Alignment Q&A, Humboldt series, where we traverse through an array of healing modalities to educate, empower, and excite our listeners on their path of holistic health and wellness. In sharing various practitioners' experiences and insight, we hope to cultivate a deeper relationship between one's true self, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional bodies. Join naturopath, transpersonal psychologist, and cannabis therapy consultant, Dr. Pepper Hernandez, in the Humboldt Quantum Alignment Series. And now, here is your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Welcome, and thank you so much for taking time to be present with us today. Our intention for this podcast is for each and every one of us to get one step closer to the highest version of our aligned self each and every day, mentally, physically, and spiritually. Today, we have a dear friend of mine. We've known each other for years, Morgan Wittrell. She is the founder of Native Roots Ancestral Folk and Herbal Medicine School. She has a private practice, and she has an herbal product line, Native Roots. She's a very busy woman, but she's taken time out of her schedule to be with us today. Hi, sweet Morgan. Hi, Pepper. Oh, it's so good to see you. Before we started recording, I was just telling Morgan how beautiful she looked and how radiant she looks and I'm just so happy to, to, to see you, even if it is uh, just over the vidcast, over the um, meeting that we're having right now, the Zooming. Good to see you. Can you tell our audience, our viewing audience and listening audience who may not know you like I know you, can you tell them how you got involved in today's topic as well as your holistic journey to get there? Sure. I moved to Taos, New Mexico in 2008. Um, And I guess the way that my journey ended up um, bringing me to interrelation with peyote medicine was um, never something that I planned on. Um, And so I guess I want to lay the foundation by saying that a lot of people in this community and in the area um, have different ways of doing ceremony where I live, there's a lot of different indigenous people. I'm currently on territory of Taos Pueblo land, but there's a lot of people here that are not Taos Pueblo um, that might be um, from you know other indigenous communities. And so I'd say that the foundation of doing ceremony with plant medicine really started um, with making friends in the community and um, just having like a a community of people that did things like sweat lodge. I ended up leaving Taos and traveling down to Belize to study with a Mayan medicine man and that was really the start of my commitment to working with medicinal plants. Um, I am an herbalist. I'm a clinical herbalist, a wild harvester, a gardener. Plants have just, they call to me um, in so many different ways. They've been my closest friends. They've been my teachers and my healers. I work with plants in all sorts of ways. And I'd say back in 2010, when I went to Belize, I started to do ceremony in a very different way, uh, which was 
with a Mayan fire ceremony and just in the Mayan tradition. And that did not necessarily include plant medicine. And then uh, several years after, I started to be called to a different form of ceremony back to Taos, not for that reason, but I moved back to Taos because it felt like home. I ended up being invited by some of the medicine people to uh, participate in a teepee meeting. Um, and so I guess legally, the Native American church is allowed to participate in um, ceremonies with peyote. And so I was invited into one of those ceremonies, not because they necessarily were seeking me out, but the medicine, the, the cactus was um, calling to me. And I had no idea. I, had, I was very content with my own type of ceremony or my own tradition that I had been taught. I had been doing that for two years. And on my 28th birthday, a message came that a new ceremony would be coming into my life. And so as I'm expressing that to an elder and a teacher of mine in Taos, I had known this woman for six years and she had never told me that she had any kind of relationship with peyote meetings. She was doing acupuncture on me and she turned on this music and it was the most beautiful music I had ever heard. Of course, it was all peyote songs and NAC music. And so I think she saw about three different signs that I was being called to the medicine as I'm just talking with her and sharing with her throughout the weeks. And she said, I think it's time for you to go to a, a meeting. And I said, what's that? <laughs> and that's how I kind of ended up um, with my first experience of uh, working with peyote. And so it was kind of a mix of being in the right circle unknowingly, and then also just the spirit of the plant calling to me and the elders seeing that and seeing, you know, not just one sign, but three that I was ready for um, a relationship with that plant. Wow. That is so interesting. Just your story and your journey back to Taos and into the medicine, these synchronicities that happen when we pay attention to them, they really are the journey. They are those indicators of the direction that we need to be going and how fun and exciting is that for you Tell us about peyote and tell us about how you use that medicine now. Sure. Um, well, let's start with the physical. Um, I just want to say that in the old days, um, people didn't even consume medicine. They would just sit next to it and the plant would work with them. So my recommendation to people um, is to treat any kind of plant medicine like it's a, an elder or a you know, an honorable member in the room. And so um, to sit next to it physically, if you can, while it's growing, um, or just create relationship with it before you even take it. Um, I was lucky enough, I guess, in, in relation to this particular plant, that it was already calling me. I wasn't actively seeking it out. So I initially had a great relationship with it. And there was learning um, set out you know, that was meant to happen from the start. But I think for other people, I'd recommend that they just, they start to create a friendship uh, with any kind of plant medicine before they start to take it. The other thing I want to say is that um, the people that I've been part of ceremony with have always said to me that peyote can't hurt you. It's 
doesn't have many contraindications and you can't overdose on it. Um, I've heard other people say, you know, um, different psychotropic plants like ayahuasca, their spirit can be jealous, but peyote, um, it's more of a friendly plant. You can, you can work with it and other medicines at the same time, if that makes sense. The rules for cleansing aren't as strict. Um, that being said, though, it can be hard on your stomach, so you might choose not to um, eat very much beforehand, especially red meat. And these are all just like basic things I've been taught. Um, but I, my, one of the things I love about it is that it doesn't have to be taken in the sense of a ceremony. Peyote saved my life one time. I was bitten by a black widow and a cowboy in town actually said, well, yeah, peyote's the best thing you could put on it. And I was like, no way. And of course, that, that's just a long story short. I, my leg was burning up. I was going into a fever. I was partially delirious. And I was told by the people, oh, you could put the peyote on topically. And so I sliced it open. And it's very gelatinous, kind of like an aloe plant. And um, I put it on my leg where the bite was in my foot. Uh, it dried up like a potato chip uh, so quickly, uh, just sucked out all the poison. And peyote um, is a very drawing thing. So topically, you can use it like that medicine for spider bites. It's also resistant to 18 different strains of staph. Um, so it's one of the, um, it can be used as an antimicrobial and as an antibiotic. So that's really helpful and useful to know. Um, the only time that I've ever taken peyote out of a outside of a ceremony was when I had been bitten by a black widow. Oftentimes, um, spider bites also have staph in them. So um, I put some on topically and I ate a little bit and uh, it was very healing for me. A lot of indigenous people have used peyote for everything from bites and burns to asthma and rheumatism, and then also for addiction and for anxiety. I believe that University of Alabama did a study um, saying that even taking peyote just one time can reduce suicidal thoughts and symptomology. Um, so I find it amazing. A lot of the people that I've sat up with um, to do ceremony are recovering alcoholics or are choosing sobriety in their life and have battled addiction. I think the reason for that is because a lot of the times, not only does it, is it clinically proven to heal, uh, help with anxiety and addiction and depression, but it brings together people in the community to pray for one another. And what a lot of people don't know is that in the Native American church, uh, when a child is born, the first four years of their life, he, the whole community will get together and do ceremony for them and eat medicine and pray for them every year on their birthday. And I find that incredible. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's so sweet. People have used peyote. Um, in times to help them birth. So that's something to be aware of. It sometimes can also make you bleed more. So I think that you can take the smallest amount, um, nothing can happen. You can eat tons of it and nothing can happen, but really it's got its own way of working with you. Um, so trusting that 
whatever the medicine is that you're supposed to receive, it will work with you in the way that you need it to. Um, the first meeting or ceremony, they call um, ceremonies meetings. The first one I ever went to, um, there was a man who had had a stroke and um, he had had a long relationship with that medicine. He was a road man and yeah, he couldn't move half of his body. I can't remember if it was the left or the right side. And so generally with a ceremony, you go in at sunset and, or around that time, more or less. And then you come out at sunrise or usually rather quite after sunrise but in the morning. And he came out of that meeting and he was able to walk and he um, was able to move his body. So I've, I've witnessed amazing healings. And I think that I just wanted to start with the physical to help everybody realize that um, you know, clinically proven scientific research shows that there's so much to it that's not just about the psychedelic experience. Thank you for that. Yeah. Is there anything else on that question that you would like to answer? You, okay, so um, that was the physical. And then I did want to speak a little bit to the spiritual uh, um, aspects of it too. And I think um, in, in terms of the spiritual side of things, that that medicine shows you things um, in a way that you can understand them through transmission. So it's not just the logical brain trying to learn a lesson. Really, the knowledge comes through, I don't know if it's like from the heart or every cell of your body just seems to know it and understand it. I've experienced that with other plant medicines too but really uh, more so with this one. I just want to share with everyone that sometimes those knowings or those teachings aren't what you want to hear. <laughs> very well said, my friend Morgan. So very well said, because I think a lot of people take things, want to have a psychedelic experience or a medicinal experience, they think it's going to be fun and exciting, which is, you know, in the mass media is promoted that way. But truthfully, like you just said, the medicine has its own way to work with you. And it may not be what you expect to happen. More or less, it may not be a pleasant experience. Now, not to throw anyone off, but I like that you at least express that. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just wanted to clarify how great of a point that was. Yeah. Um, I think in the beginning, when you first start working with plant medicines and they have these teachings for you, it can be hard to receive the teachings. Um, now, after almost, I, I don't know, around a almost a decade of working with different plant medicines um, and the community that they come with, because I've learned a lot, not just from the plant, but the, the elders and the people running ceremony. I've had a lot of practice around just surrendering and letting go to the teaching and coming to acceptance. And so a lot of times I try to fight that, right? Like um, you don't want to be the person that gets what they call gets well or um, vomits. Uh, because maybe you have ego around it, but when you can let go of your sickness or whatever it is that you're meant to let go of the burden, 
um, then the teaching is just comes so much easier. Um, and there's, there might be less nausea or less fighting it. And so you have to, or my advice and suggestion would be if you're going to work with medicines like this or peyote specifically, that you have to come into this acceptance that it might show you things like that you can't be with your partner anymore. Or, um, you know, as some, like one time it showed me to, um, just this, this past year, I was given the message. Um, I have a friend, I had a friend who was struggling with addiction. Um, and so they were hard to be around. So I was spending less time with them and I was, um, I was given the message during ceremony to spend more time with them um, and have more compassion for them. And that person um, passed away recently after that message, like just in less than six months after that message. And so I always, always, always honor the messages now, even more so, like how does the medicine know things like that? You know, and they come in as your guide and it's like this messages from, from God um, that like you are opened up to receive them. And so if you're going to put your place in, if you're going to put yourself in a place to work with medicine, to heal yourself, um, be ready for the changes and the messages that are coming to you and really honor them and follow through with them so that trusting that that's you doing your work and you're just being guided. And then the last thing I want to say, just a little piece of advice. Um, I've been told for four days after eating medicine, you don't want to consume alcohol or have sex. And now this is all going to be slightly controversial depending on who you ask. You do want to, um, you know, create intimacy with your partner if you are trying to get pregnant or bring a life or a spirit into the world, but that's like a really strong, powerful time when the window is still open. And so I've witnessed a lot of students after ceremony not listen to that and then end up getting pregnant. So just a, a simple life lesson on that. And then um, for four days after any kind of ceremony, my opinion is that you have the ability to integrate. Um, so all that that plant has shown you um, takes time to integrate into every cell of your body, into your spirit, into your heart. So you're still with the medicine. You're still walking with it. You're still learning from it, even though the, um, the journey might feel like it's ended or like your awareness around it. And the integration is the most important time. That's when most learning and growth and transformation can happen. These walks with the medicine and these ceremonies that people are guided to or they choose to, they have intuition of doing them, it really is, you kind of need to have a plan, in other words. You really need to choose, experience the ceremony, and then set aside maybe even a week for some months. I know that my experience, sometimes I had to set aside a couple years uh, it's not a joke. I had two years I had to set back and I wasn't really thinking that it was going to alter my life that much. And it does. Now that's not for everyone, but you know, 
I have a few questions for you. That was more of a comment that I think that we can both agree on is just to yeah. be really conscious of setting up a time for you, right? Setting up the right practitioner, making sure that the medicine is really there for you and it's calling for you and that you have the recovery time and the integration time at the end. And I think that's very, very powerful. And thank you for bringing that to the table because it's so smart to have all those things set up. You mentioned this God energy. And this is a question because you and I are friends and we've been friends for a while. I can ask you this question. The podcast, you know, the Quantum Alignment podcast in this quarantine 2020 and going into 2021, we're really talking about opening up to psychedelic experiences and, you know, getting healers that are in that realm and those deep journey kind places. My question is to you, and I've had this question with many other people, but I haven't asked them. Um, When we talk about the medicine and we get this intuition or we get this feeling, you know, do you think that that is the universal presence? Do you think that that's God talking and that the plant really just allows you to separate yourself? And then really I can only like share what I know and I'm no expert and I I don't want to speak for other people, um, but I'll just speak for myself. And so one time I ate way too much medicine and I went into a peyote meeting with the intention to purge my uncle had just died. Um, I think it was like the second med- second meeting I had ever gone to. And the first one had been so beautiful. I didn't actually know um, how deep like you can go into your own pain and how if you, you know, you fight it um, and you're not willing to release how it could just sit with you and have this like stand still almost until you're ready to, to make progress. And so it was in one of those moments where I was having a rough time um, with the medicine and, um, a person next to me said, see that fire, look into that fire. You can speak to God. That is God. And so that was a big, like, uh, realization for me that maybe I had been praying to the medicine or praying to, you know, everything but God. Um, (laughs) and I think that, there's a lot of names for God and a lot of ways, a lot of roads to the sacred. And so while the medicine can open up the channels and be the vessel for you. And while God, I, I believe that, you know, there's a life force in in everything that has a life force has God within it and can connect you to God. And so whether that be the fire or the peyote, there's a, a shift that happens when you're, praying to the medicine verse when you're praying to God. So well said. I love hearing it from you. Of course, it's very specific and specialized for each person. So I appreciate you being open to share. Morgan, it happens to be that time in our podcast. We're going to take a short break to give a shout out to a local aligned business that I love so very much. And I think that you will too. Stay tuned for more with Morgan. The original Paraglow and Paraglow Green are medicinal herbal compresses 
based on a traditional Swiss formula to promote healing in the first weeks after giving birth. During the amazing miracle of birth, the mother and child perform many physical marvels. The muscles that form the perineum in the pelvic floor are both strong and extremely elastic and must be so in order to allow the women to give birth. When the perineum is strong, the organs remain firm and healthy. When the perineum is weak, the organs lose cohesiveness. The herbal compresses help relieve any soreness or swelling. They promote the healing of the perineum, including any small tears or incisions closed with stitches postpartum inside or out. The compresses can be applied hot or cold to the perineum and surrounding tissues. For more information, check out paraglow.info. They can be found at Moonrise Herbs, Wild Berries, or Chautauqua. For a full list of other locations, visit our website. Paraglow makes your perineum glow. Hi, Morgan. We're back. Let me reintroduce you to our audience. Audience, this is Morgan Wittrell with the Native Roots Ancestral Folk and Herbal Medicine School. I have so many questions for you. We're just tapping tip of the iceberg here with these questions, but let's just jump right into the idea of who should be expected to consume this type of medicine. Who is a perfect candidate to go down this route? One, they need to be called to it, but can you suggest other? Yeah. I always have something to say. Let's see what comes. Do you think it's it's people who are really just drawn to that medicine or or want to um, experience what peyote has for them? Is that really the person that needs to be looking down that route? I don't, so I don't necessarily think that people that are just curious or bored or want the psychedelic experience are the right people. Um, I think Sometimes I've heard stories about, you know, there'd be a teepee and some drunk person would kind of stumble in and they'd let him in and um, that, they, you know, it can't hurt you if you come across it and um, you're meant to be there and, and you, you know, you come into the teepee, then, then that you're meant to be working with it, whether or not you choose to consume it. Some people sit in a teepee all night and never even eat the medicine, um, but they still receive the healing. And so I guess for me, and you know, when I speak of medicine, it's a lifestyle and it is not just the medicine that's part of the experience. It's the drum that goes around. Um, it's the songs that go with it. It's the container of the teepee that keeps you safe and, and the people leading ceremonies, setting the space. So uh, my recommendation to people would be um, if you're in a culturally relevant context where there's people that have been practicing or working with that medicine for years, that would be the right kind of environment and place. If you happen to be around some friends who are like, hey, look at what I have, <laughs> that might not be, yeah, that, um, that's not, you know, uh, that's not the right way to step into learning and creating relationship with the plant medicine. And I know there's like this, um, you know, a lot, a lot of people seeking, a lot of seekers out there, people that 
will fly all the way down to South America to work with, you know, uh, certain plant medicines down there. And there's even, you know, people here that do that. And I'm like, I always think if you have the opportunity to be in the place with the people that are already working with that medicine, um, that's like the only way that I personally would, would, you know, create a relationship with a new, a new plant medicine. I also think that it's for people that not that are like, not just for curiosity, it's for people that are really seeking healing um, and are ready to put forth the time um, and the dedication to do the work on themselves that the plant is going to show you. Well, I appreciate that. I know that you and I have spoke about the ethics around herbal medicine. Can you share with our audience something that you would like to tune in with them about that specifically? Yeah. Um, so fortunately, I mean, with peyote ceremonies, it's one of the few ceremonies that hasn't been um, spiritually commercialized. There's not an exchange of money, you know, in other, other plant medicines like ayahuasca. It's very common to pay $150 to $200 per person um, to sit in on a ceremony. And so that's not something that happens. And I think that a lot of the medicine people in Taos, where I live, there's not supposed to be an exchange, an expected exchange of money. Um, so you wouldn't, you know, when money comes in to the equation for ceremony, things change. Um, and so by tradition, ethically, um, so if you've called a meeting or you've called the sweat lodge, then it would be appropriate to gift a donation of money, right? But it wouldn't, if, if there's some kind of roadman going around charging people um, for peyote meetings, that's not, that would not be culturally acceptable. So I just wanted to speak to that. Um, and then of course, there's always like the people that come and even though there's not an expected money exchange, there is an expectation that you show up and you make yourself useful. And so whenever you're stepping into um, a place that has plant medicine, um, think about how can you make the exchange equal and how can you be of service to those people as they are going to be your teachers and they're putting forth so much energy to hold that container for your healing. So that's the first step is um, it's not about how much you know, it's not about how long you've been doing it or how good you are at it or how much of it you've grown or you've prepared. It's about how you can be of service. And so I, I would start there. Um, there's been, yeah, there's been concern about these sacred plant medicines being appropriated, uh, being exploited, people taking advantage. I think um, even more concern around like, okay, so you had the chance to learn a medicine this year and then suddenly you're going around charging people or holding ceremony for people. And I guess the concern is around there's the opportunity for people to really try to um, create relationship with medicine and then hold space for others when they're not ready or not fully understand um, that a lot of people that lead ceremonies for plant medicine 
had it in their ancestry and their lineage, um, have been doing it for years. And so their learnings and their teachings and their capability to hold space might be different than that of a person who said, oh, I went down to Peru and I studied with it for three months and now I'm going to hold my own ceremony. Do you want to come? And so um, it's certainly trending. And maybe I'm a little tongue-tied when I speak to this because it's a hard topic and it's one that weighs heavy in the hearts of many people is we have to honor this medicine. I think I was just reading something today actually about how the um, people in Mexico that work with peyote, um, there's a, like a shortage of it growing or it's being over harvested there. And so as plant medicines start to trend, you really have to ask yourself, is this the right situation? Is this the right ceremony? Is this the right person that's running the ceremony? What's their energy like? And then how can I be respectful of this medicine? How can I make sure that it's honored, that the culture of the people who have relationship with this medicine is honored? And in a way, it kind of has to be protected. When we talk about peyote, you'd given us a little bit of information of how it had worked with you before. I'm wondering the application or the dosage, when you find the proper person to be giving it to you and going through the correct ceremony and practicing with it. How are people in Taos there? How are they using it as far as the application dosage? I know you're talking about sweat lodges and you can cut it and put it on you topically, but what are some of the other things when we hear peyote buttons and peyote tea? I mean, are those ways that you're familiar with? Um, yeah, so definitely I'd say that peyote is not part of the Taos Pueblo tradition. And so I, while there might be people from that tribe that um, work with that medicine. It's not part of their culture, or their custom, their tradition. And so I just wanted to make that really clear. And then I think that always the discussion around where did it come from and who started ceremony with it first is not a discussion I want to get into. <laughs> um, sure. But uh, because that's probably debatable depending on who you ask, but most people will say it came from Mexico. Um, from the Huichol people and then um, the Great Plains people and the Navajo people um, work with that medicine a lot as well. And so Navajo tribes are kind of more towards Gallup and um, like Arizona area. And so that being said, though, um, meetings happen, peyote meetings have happened all over New Mexico, Arizona, California. Um, and so, and that's through legally through the Native American church, right? And so that's what we, we just want to be, bring awareness to that. And maybe some of them happen that are not, you know, are you registered through them or not? And um, so there are some legality concerns. Um, I'd say that the way that you could take the medicine always change, you know, there's a lot of different ways. So some people um, will dry it and powder it. Other people will eat it fresh um, and then you can make a tea out of it. So everybody has their preference. Some people um, like the effects of it fresh first dried. I would say start with the smallest amount and then learn your own and learn how your body responds. Sometimes you can eat more and sometimes you can eat less and you still have the same effect. So it's just more... I once talked to a guy who said, 
him and his buddy ate 40 buttons, um, which is a lot. And they're trying to see how much they could eat and you know what would happen and test their limits. Um, but these, these are, both of them were roadmen. They had been um, leading peyote ceremonies for years. And so that's not what I would do. <laughs> I would start with the smallest amount possible. I also think there's something to be said about um, microdosing, bringing awareness to the fact that um, when you work with a medicine outside of ceremony, your energetic boundaries are opened up and no one's there holding that space for you. So there's a big change with that. And I wouldn't necessarily recommend doing a microdose until you've already had a long existing relationship with that medicine and you know how to hold your own energetic boundaries in a very secure, safe way so that you don't open yourself up to unwanted energies. I still to this day don't have like a, a particular dosage that I follow. I just listen to the medicine and when it tells me to work with it, I will. And oftentimes a roadman will have you eat more or less and help you navigate that too. Great. Now you've mentioned roadman many times in the podcast. And for those who do not know that term, can you explain that quickly? Sure. Um, a roadman is a person who will lead a peyote meeting. So the idea of our podcast is to get everyone quantumly aligned or to create quantum aligned human beings. What tips do you have for us, Sweet Morgan? Ooh, um, so in relation to the medicine or just in general? Just in general, your personal tips, you're a wise, wise woman. And so we'd love to know. Yeah, I mean, I think very basic way to align yourself energetically um, is to connect to the earth, you know, from your navel and then also connect up to the etheric realm um, and try to align yourself. There's certain plants that you can use to create alignment um, as well in energetic doses. I love uh, using uh, baneberry red cohosh for that. I love using um, when you feel out of alignment, there's certain plants, even um, like brushing yourself off with rose to bring yourself back to you or mugwort. Um, these are all things that bring you, you back to yourself or um, you can recall your spirit or your mind. And it's really simple, you know, um, just to kind of imagine all your chakras or all your energy sources or just a big beam of light going through you. Um, a lot of people, I think, get cut off at one way or another, like one end or the other, they're not connected to their higher selves or they're not connected, connecting down through their feet and grounding. Um, so that's, you know, start there. And then I'm, I'm of the traditions of land-based spirituality. So I always um, realize that my feet are on the earth and if I need to align myself, I, I work with some kind of nature element to do that. Um, anything that's life-giving can, can kind of help you to do that. What great suggestions. You are just a brilliant light. We are so grateful to have you on our podcast today. Before I let you go, can you tell our audience where they can either find more research on peyote and um, where they can find more information about your herbal medical school? 
Absolutely. Um, I don't know where they can find research on peyote. Um, my experience has come through community and through the plant itself. You know, the only time I really researched it was when I had a spider bite. Um, and I just Googled it and found out that it was resistant to 18 forms of staph or strains of staph. So I'm not the right person to ask that question to. And I, I would say just pray about it if you want to learn about it and hope that you can manifest the right relationships, either through the plant or through the people um, that can be your teachers. Uh, if it's meant to be your teacher, it will come. You don't have to go chasing it down. About my school, so you can, um, our website is nativerootshealing.com. And so you can look us up there. We have several different online classes that we offer throughout the year. And then we generally have a four month in-person class in Taos, New Mexico. If you're in Taos and you wanna visit us, we are on 241 Ledoux Street where we are opening up our traditional medicine collective. And so you can come in and check out our storefront, our school and book a session with an elder or a traditional medicine practitioner. And hopefully Pepper will come hang out. Pepper will also be teaching um, for our online classes this year, which is really exciting. And our classes, you know, our teachers are all very accessible um, should you decide to take our class and desire more mentorship around ceremony, around quantum alignment, healing yourself, raising your frequency, um, working with plant medicines. We work with so many. Um, a lot of people think they have to go to the biggest, baddest, coolest, most psychedelic ones, but I have more visions in my plant meditations um, from some of the uh, less psychedelic herbs sometimes than the ones that are psychedelic. So I just want to share that and we uh, assist everyone in learning how to create relationships with plant medicine through our classes, uh, which is really beautiful. And you can uh, reach out to us on Facebook as well, or Instagram, we're native underscore roots underscore healing. You have so much that you're offering. What a gift you are to this planet. We love you so much, Morgan. And if they want to get any information on your private work and what work one-on-one -on -one with you what is that website again yeah it's uh nativerootshealing.com or they can email me info at nativerootshealing.com awesome morgan thank you so much for taking time to be here today to be on the show help encouraging others to get one step closer to their highest aligned self the mental physical spiritual and emotional bodies to the audience, thank you for tuning in. And until next time, I'm your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Thank you for listening and let's make this your very best life ever. Yay! Yay. <laughs>